Welcome back, podcasters. This is Faith Fit, and I'm Catherine Laguna. Thanks for tuning in because I have a special treat for you. This week on our special presentation, I actually have a few members from the Annie Moses Band, which is so good since you hear a variety of voices for this podcast, speaking of faith and, of course, their love of music. Joining me are Annie Wolliver and Benjamin Wolliver. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hello. Hey there. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. So something that's really neat about the Annie Moses Band is that it's actually made up of six brothers and sisters. So right off the bat, you guys, please tell me how that's even possible. Because, I mean, I'm super duper lucky that my brother and I, you know, we love the same TV shows. We, you know, debate about the same pop culture things. You know, we have those similar interests. But I cannot imagine how that would be with six brothers and sisters to come together and form this band. I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we, we all grew up playing instruments, so it was it was a great experience. Our mother, Robin, was really central. She uh, she practiced with us from a young age, and we studied classically and uh, ended up studying at the Juilliard School um, for about three years and then began the Annie Moses Band and have been doing that for over a decade. So it's it's a lot of fun playing with, uh, with your siblings. <laughs> so then, like in journalism, some reporters have a certain beat that they cover. So then, Annie, share with us what your individual musical beat is. Is there someone that is like the captain of the guitar or is someone like more of the lead singer in the band? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, yes, that's definitely true. We've all got our own primary instruments. Um, I play the violin. Um, our brother Alex is a violist. And um, my sister Gretchen plays violin and mandolin. Camille is a harpist and pianist. Um, Benjamin, who's obviously on the line with us here, who's a <laughs> cello. Our youngest brother, Jeremiah, is the guitar man of the group. Um, I play violin and I sing, um, and I'm predominantly the lead vocalist, but there's several of us that sing, um, and that's really grown and been a, a great point of development as, as the band has progressed and our younger siblings have, have joined and begun playing. We started, you know, playing when we were very young, but we grew up in a very musical family because our parents, Bill and Robin Wolliver are award-winning songwriters here wow. in Nashville. So we we grew up with that energy and that skill set right in the house. And that was a big part of uh, not only the development of our skill when we were young, but a big part of just the development of our playing together and the unique genre and mission that the Annie Moses Band has as well. Wow, that's really cool. It's so incredible that you all have this special interest within the family, and it goes back for so long. When I first heard about the band, you know, I really wasn't sure where the name came from, if it was because of someone that you guys know, or maybe it was just like a little bit of inspiration from Moses in the Bible. <laughs> so then, right? yeah. So then, Benjamin, um, tell me about the band's beginnings. Like, where does the name actually come from? Well, Annie Moses was our great grandmother. She was a sharecropper during the Great Depression in Texas and really was very poor, uh, didn't have much. She died young at the age of 49, of cancer. But her daughter, Jane, our grandmother, was immensely talented musically, had a beautiful voice. And Annie Moses worked tirelessly to provide her with just a handful of piano lessons and every opportunity she could arrange for her. And then uh, our grandma, Jane, uh, grew up with a love for music and worked on, on in her own way to further that in the life of our mother, Robin, who studied piano from a young age, went to college to study voice, met our father, Bill, in that process, 
and then, uh, of course, our mother raised us studying classical instruments. And so when we began the Annie Moses Band, we sat down and discussed the musical trajectory through the generations, how something that had started out as a very small seed back during the years of the Great Depression had grown to be uh, what we have today. So we are, we're very grateful for the past, and I think it's important uh, for us to accentuate family um, because that's really central to our identity as musicians, the fact that we play together, that we create together, and our common heritage in Annie Moses reflects that. Yeah. And so then, Annie, what is something about music that really speaks into your heart? How does it feel to be able to express yourself in that way when, you know, a lot of people can't? Well, several things come to mind. You know, Chesterton famously said that part of being made in God's image is is the fact that we are made creative ourselves, that God as a creator created us as sub-creators, and that when we create, our our goal is to make something of truth and beauty and goodness that's reflective of his character. So, the you know, it's always a... And a tremendous honor to be able to devote your life to that process. It all depends upon generations. There are a lot of generations who spend their life um, dedicated to, you know, war and the protection of their family. And then there are other generations that spend their lives dedicated to putting food on a table and, um, you know, manual labor. And Annie Moses was of that type of generation. And really, it's, it's only when um, a, a culture or a family lineage grows to a place where there's safety and there's freedom and there's provision, do you get to a point that people have the opportunity to dedicate themselves to beauty and to excellence? And so that's a, that's a profound honor that we get to experience every day in a powerful way. For our family, that opportunity has also grown into a very deep calling First, to just be a picture of a family, because I think that families all over the world are so divided. Mm-hmm. There is so much division and dysfunction. And so to be able to be, a, Lord willing, a picture of, of a godly family or what it looks like when a family loves deeply. Um, and I think when people see the Annie Moses Band, they experience the joy of what that looks like. Yes. Um, but I also think that, um, you know, we believe that we live in a time where culturally speaking, the arts are more prevalent and more impacting in our world than they ever have been. You know, there was 150 years ago, the radio didn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm, yep. And so when you look at just generationally through the vast majority of time, you only experienced art when you were literally in the room with a musician or you were in the room where the painting lived. Mm-hmm. And now the painting and the art, you know, walks around with us in our pockets on our phones and the musician walks around in the pockets in our phones. And so you can see, listen, experience anything you want to instantaneously, cheaply, and yet very, very little of it um, is representative of the truth of God or his character or excellence in the field and in the craft. And it's become a powerful weapon for the enemy. And so our primary goal as a family in our music is to not only create art as the Annie Moses Band that combats that, but to also help raise up a new generation of young artists who are committed to excellence in their craft and and being a force 
for truth and for beauty and for goodness. Thank you so much for that transition because I was going to say that I absolutely love this quote that the band makes on your website. And it goes, envision a time when the new Broadway musical, the next Netflix series, or the latest Oscar-winning film is created by a faith-filled artist. When the screens on smartphones everywhere emblazon the truths of God into the minds of the next generation, end quote. And that quote absolutely gave me chills because it's a hope many of us have. And I feel as though the Andy Moses band is kind of like opening or cracking the door for all of us in that kind of genre. So, Benjamin, how does it feel to be this medium of open dialogue for those who love God and have an admiration to music? Well, it's very exciting. Um, we've, uh, we have several enterprises that we have initiated over the last year or so. Um, we have a new television studio in Franklin, Tennessee called Manalive Studios that we've just recently opened. And it, uh, it's also a recording studio as well as audio video presentation. So um, it's wow. a beautiful space and we've already begun recording several television programs and offerings that hopefully are going to build up the body of Christ. And then we're also uh, renovating a conservatory just down the road where we already have about 50 families that we're educating in strings and in musical theater, uh, voice, dance and drama, and other disciplines, all with the hope that we can create a, a pathway for a young child to walk through the door of our conservatory and then potentially have access to platforms and outlets that can get their message out. It's so important that the church in particular, I think, focuses on the arts because as John Paul II wrote in his famous letter to artists, there's an an enormous influence that the arts wield in our time, and we feel it, we sense it intuitively. Um, But in many ways, the church abdicated that role some time ago, and now we have an opportunity to take it back. So it's a very exciting time, and we're very pumped about what God has in store. Yeah, I think it's such a rewarding thing and an avenue that you guys are taking part in because you have the Annie Moses Foundation. And it's so important because I was looking at the elementary schools near me, and a lot of the classrooms or, you know, just the curriculum doesn't have music or art anymore. And you guys are trying to make that more apparent with the Annie Moses Foundation. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, the foundation um, is our nonprofit and the nonprofit forwards this mission of godly excellence in the realm of the arts. So there are several uh, flagship programs that are a part of that. The first is called the Annie Moses Summer Music Festival, where we work with about 150-plus young people that come from all over the United States and beyond to Nashville, Tennessee, to rub shoulders with the Annie Moses Band and our faculty, and we put on um, five professional-level shows. Then we have a program called the Conservatory, which Benjamin mentioned, and right now we're in the middle of a big fundraiser for the Conservatory itself because we're renovating this building. For many years, um, that program was essentially homeless. It had no um, functional headquarters for the work that we were doing there. And so we're really bit the bullet about um, eight, six months ago trying to find a place where that could flourish. So if folks are interested in giving toward the foundation or the conservatory at Annie Moses, they can go to AnnieMosesBand.com and there's a link right there on the front page to give. We need to raise $150,000 by July the 1st. And right now we're about $6,000 into that. So I, mm-hmm. I'm just really praying that folks who here will uh, join us in this mission. Um, you know, the festival is a big mission. The conservatory um, is a growing platform and a place for us to 
to build this vision because it's very much a it's a movement that mm-hmm. we're trying to begin and and it goes back to a lot of the the points that you mentioned um, in saying that you know Jesus said to us that we should occupy until he comes again and that word occupy is a very um, militant term in that it means that we're supposed to hold the ground we're supposed to hold the territory and in the realm of the art that the abdication of that responsibility happened many generations ago and when you look at you know you mentioned the public schools in your area you know don't have arts programs in some ways that shouldn't be surprising to us mm-hmm. because public schools in America don't teach that a creator exists yeah. why would we teach students to be creative if there's no creator so the fact that creation is not creative activities are not a priority educationally and at the same time, creative endeavor is more influential than it's ever been in our world. And so there's just this great vacuum in the world of the art. And so we have a, a real challenge of creating content that is of such a high quality of creativity and excellence in those spheres that we can compete with the best. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, we don't want to just watch it because it's faith-friendly. We want people to watch it because it's great. And the fact that it's great should be the thing that inspires them and attracts people to God, to his ways, to his truth. And those stories and those songs and those messages can enter into culture from a lot of different doors. And we hope we can be a part of that work. You know, speaking of that library, I was looking at your the website on the foundation and I saw that you guys offer, you know, music sheets and all these different parts, you know, for people to, you know, get on and buy and be able to like mm-hmm. practice on their own. And, you know, looking for clarinet music because I play the clarinet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I think that's really cool. So there's so much history within the Annie Moses band and within the family, as you all already described. But also I feel as there's this richness and a powerful story of conversion because your family converted to Catholicism. And so, Benjamin, how did you all come to that life-changing decision? Because I know, you know, it's not the easiest thing and, you know, it takes time and especially for six brothers and sisters. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, well, our whole family really went through a a journey together and it uh, really, looking back, I see the hand of God in it because it was different paths. Um, It wasn't all of us at once. It was kind of a kind of like the parable of the wheat and the tares, and, and you know, growing up together. And in, in, in our case, it was God growing up good seeds in us. Um, and it really, I guess, the first seed uh, was long ago. Our mother Robin got involved in midwifery and encountered several Catholics in that process, and was really impacted by the Catholic teaching on. Uh, children and family and being open to life, and she was really impacted by that and and carried with her an admiration for the Church's teaching on those issues um, for years, even before she uh, came to the point of uh, joining the Church. And then uh, for for me personally, and also for my brother Alex, um, we attended a a Protestant moral uh, philosophy course Mm. um, that was taught by several um, very learned men, and just began reading a lot more deeply uh, St. Augustine, John Calvin, uh, other people, and began asking some deeper questions about theologically where we stood 
and uh, what we agreed with or disagreed with. And in the course of that, I began to read Catholic encyclopedia articles, which are kind of make for heavy reading. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but there's a lot of uh, there's a lot in there, and I think what we all quickly discovered was that the the riches of the church are incredible. Uh, just the the level of um, philosophical richness, the level of just just sheer brain power. Um, uh, and we have uh, Pope Benedict XVI, uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, and other great theologians and scholars who have um, written very recently. And so just drinking from those deep waters helped us to begin that process of opening opening up, I think, what really was just a lot of half-truths and, and even just falsehoods and misconceptions that we had about the Church's teachings on various issues. And when you begin to peel away those layers of, of error, you start to see this beautiful truth emerge, like a, like a jewel of sorts, and, and you fall in love with it. You fall in love with the beauty that you see and the unity that you see, and I, uh, it's something that I wish for everyone to experience, because it's, uh, a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to, uh, to live through. So. Definitely. Annie, did you want to add any to that? Sure. Um, our family story is, I think, very unique, not just on the musical side, but on the faith side. Um, our grandfather um, was a preacher in uh, the Christian church, and we grew up in a expressive, charismatic, non-denominational, evangelical, Protestant setting um, at a church in Nashville that had lots of musicians and, honestly, a lot of people there that were just uh, very spirit-filled, deep believers and deep thinkers and, and wonderful teaching. Um, and so we grew up in a family where the practice of spiritual disciplines and faith was incredibly important. We grew up, from the time I was very young, we had, you know, hour-plus times of devotion and worship and prayer and study, I mean, five, six days a week as a family. Mm -hmm. And that became a foundation that has connected us in an amazing way all the way, I mean, even now we're reaping the benefits of that Mm -hmm. and the connectedness that it brought to us. You know, culture has developed really through the 90s and the 2000s. You know, there have been these intense cultural waves toward darkness. And as that has happened, at the same time, we have had an incredible heart for the church, um, particularly early on. We did lots and lots of touring, playing at churches, working with people of faith, working with people in, in music ministry. And so there, there's these deep connections there that are, you know, we're in the Protestant world, and some of our dearest friends and, and allies in this mission are still in that world. And mm-hmm. so at the same time that we we kind of saw these waves, we also found that the circles that we were in church-wise were in some ways impotent in combating those waves of darkness because of the fact that denominationally there have just been key parts of the doctrine that have been left behind over the generations. Mm-hmm. And, and so that led us very much on a journey to seek the deepest truths and the truths that have been held by believers for generations and for centuries, and to figure out, hey, when did we lose that? When did we lose this idea? And in that process, we found that a whole lot of how we had experienced our faith and even practiced our faith as Protestants was very Catholic. (laughs) In some ways, I felt like I um, 
came to the realization that I was Catholic and I didn't know it. Um, it was, um, it wasn't like, you know, for instance, the teaching on the Eucharist, for instance, that was like not even a difficult thing. And so while there was like a whole other depth of teaching that happened in regard to the Eucharist when we became Catholic, there were parts of the teaching that we were just already there. It, it wasn't hard. I think the hardest part for me personally was just the fact that I found that there was a lot of, well, connected things that I saw that I felt that were cult- culturally connected me to Protestantism mm-hmm. um, that didn't necessarily have to. I felt like becoming Catholic was like saying I was becoming Chinese or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or maybe just like an outsider or something because it wasn't, yes. it's not part you of know, the culture. I just saw the, right. And so it was um, a very, just a, a different yeah. thing for me. Um, and so at that point, for us, it was a whole lot of just study. It was finding the deeper things. It was things that saying, hey, you know what? I've read every book by G.K. Chesterton, mm-hmm. and he was a Catholic. And I've, I've read every book by C.S. Lewis, and he wasn't Catholic, but he, he was Anglican. You know, he believed mm-hmm. in the Eucharist. And, he, you know, there were all of these things that were connected theological things and was so excited that we were able to go through that process together as a family because it kept us very unified in this vision um, for not only the arts, but the depth of faith required to be a source of light in the season in which we live on the earth. And that requires being very connected to Jesus. And and I think that that step of faith allowed us to experience that and be a, a weapon for him, you know, in a, in a more effective way. Yeah, definitely. And I really like the fact that you pointed out earlier that um, you guys had such a foundation within your faith early on. And it wasn't something that you had to completely erase as you became Catholic. It only enhanced that spiritualness you guys already had embedded within yourselves, right? Right. And and I would even add, too, that the thing that surprised me most in becoming Catholic was, as a Protestant, you don't think that you're missing anything. It, it's kind of, I, I compare it to someone who is, uh, well, if someone had never heard a symphony orchestra say, they had only heard a, a singer-songwriter or a, or a fiddler, musically speaking, and then suddenly someone says, I want to show you something, and they took you to a concert hall, and a symphony orchestra played you Beethoven's Fifth. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's a connection to what you've experienced in the past, but there's a uh, but it's on a higher level. When you partake of the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist for the first time, when you go to confession for the first time, when you visit the great cathedrals and you feel you know the real presence there in prayer and adoration, there's just a, a more concentrated experience of the Holy Spirit that I didn't anticipate mm-hmm. uh, in coming into the church, and it really blew me away. Those are things that I think you don't see from the outside at first, but it's an incredible gift that the Catholic Church offers to anyone who, who would desire it. Amen. I love that. That's great. So I know the band already does a million things, and it's so empowering and inspiring to see this family live out their faith publicly and all these really neat things. But do you guys have any upcoming projects that you guys want to give us some VIP access to, like a little bit of details? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're working on a new album right now um, called Under the Tree of Life. Um, And it's a very, it's probably our most sacred project in in many years. Our last couple of projects have been more specialty projects. We did um, kind of an upscale Americana album called 
American Rhapsody. And mm-hmm. then we did a project for PBS called The Art of the Love Song. And so this one is really coming coming home in a lot of ways in that it pulls from a lot of kind of historical elements of Christendom, some of the, the most famous prayers and scriptures, and um, along with some original songs, too. So we're excited about Under the Tree of Life. That's going to be coming out this fall. Um, we always have a really smashing Christmas tour, so folks can be keeping an eye out for those tour dates. They're going to be announcing those tour dates coming up in August. Nice. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, we're coming to Florida, so y'all should come out Ooh, and see a show. Definitely. So that'll be a lot of fun. So this is just, it's a great season for us. We're, we're excited about everything that's happening, and I hope that folks can be sure and go to AnnieMosesBand.com and um, get updates on tour schedule and album and our work at the foundation and giving to that work, too. And you guys are on social media, too, so we can go ahead and follow all your cool things? Yes, absolutely. Right, yeah. yep. Facebook, Instagram. You can follow Ben on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. I know. I need to go over there um, on Instagram and follow you guys already because, I mean, I'm so interested in all these things, and I think it's really cool, especially because, you know, I, I feel like I have something similar with you guys since play clarinet. I do want to play the guitar, uh-huh. but I have to learn. <laughs> yeah. so the baby steps, baby steps, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank Absolutely. you so Absolutely. much for being on the podcast with me, Annie and Benjamin. I really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you for having me. You can also check out music from the Annie Moses Band on iTunes and Google Play. I've already done a little investigating, and there's an extensive library, so you have plenty of music to shuffle through. (laughs) I'll be playing In the New World and a short piece of their incredible seven-minute jazzy version of Rhapsody in Bluegrass. I seriously had all the feels on that one. (laughs) I'm Catherine from Faith Fit. Catch you on the next one. So